Welcome back to the nationally stated Price of Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program, General Jeffrey Schlozer. He is a retired general in the U.S. Army, phenomenal in so many different areas, uh, particularly in leadership, but also talking about national security and uh, public policy-related areas when it comes to all things national security and national defense. That's why we get him on every month on the program and every opportunity I can. Uh, now, he's also the author of a phenomenal bat book, and I always like him to uh, tell us a little bit about it as well as how he get more information on it. And then I find out today you're involved in a very important event, uh, that your company is involved in that. And uh, I, I think it would be great to mention uh, where you're at, what you're doing, as well as uh, the, you know, the uh, 411, if you will, on your book. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me on the show, and thanks for allowing me to plug uh, my book, Marathon War, uh, Leadership in Combat in Afghanistan. You know, I wrote it about 15 tough months that uh, I had leading 30,000 soldiers as part of the 101st Airborne Division, uh, 2008-2009. It was a chaotic time in Afghanistan. When I wrote it, you know, I found out that uh, there were a lot of people in business, a lot of people in national security that uh, thought that the book had a great application to them, Leading in Chaos, Leading in Difficult Times. You can get more information on the book at uh, jeffschlosser.com, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-L-O-E-S-S-E-R.com. That's my website. Go to it. Dan, so yeah, allow me to talk a little bit about here. I'm in Atlanta. You can hear in the background, probably you have to have good hearing, but uh, there's a, a helicopter out there flying. We're at the Heli Expo. Uh, my company, uh, Bell Helicopters here, of course, we're one of the uh, sponsors of this, and one of the largest commercial helicopter shows in the United States. And uh, it's fascinating. It's great to see business come alive again after the COVID issues and things like that. And there are people out here that uh, support you, support us, uh, you know, from uh, EMS, emergency medical service, to uh, police departments, to utility departments. It's uh, just great to see this come back alive again after uh, some tough years. So on with some questions, Kevin. I'm ready. And, uh, and this is an event you do regularly. Is this an annual event? It is an annual event that, uh, you know, uh, they postponed it or canceled it for two years during the, the pandemic or during, you know, what they're during the COVID issues. And, and uh, it's back alive now. Like I said, it's in Atlanta, and uh, there are tens of thousands of uh, people here coming to, uh, uh, to see the uh, aircraft to help fly or see, you know, how do you, uh, you know, provide everything you want to for aircraft to uh, support all of us in America and elsewhere and around the world. It's just a great event to be able to uh, uh, do that and, you know, talk with people that are in this industry. It's, uh, you know, as you know, I'm an old pilot, uh, definitely old, quote unquote, uh, but uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it's a lot of fun to be uh, with people like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk a little bit about something I've been uh, catching up on or reading regularly, rather, uh, in the Washington Post. Uh, they've been doing a series, and I don't know if it is like here's a series on this, but it certainly has become a series of articles about uh, high-level military personnel who retire and go into the consulting field and make huge amounts of money, giving the impression it, it doesn't really weigh a final judgment on any of these, but raises issues of con concern uh, about the entire process. And in, particularly, in particular, these articles have been focusing on Navy admirals. <laughs> it's, apparently it's a good idea, especially to have some nuclear engineering background, which that alone makes people nervous, right, when, you, when you're 
background yeah. in the Navy was as a nuclear engineer, and now you're a consultant to other countries that are, even are friendly. It, it, it makes people nervous. So talk about that. Yeah. I, I set the stage a little. Go go a little further with Yeah, so, I mean, this is not just a Navy issue. I mean, you know, there are high-ranking military officers of all of our services that when they uh, retire from active duty, you know, they, of course, they're still young enough that they are seeking jobs. Some go into consulting for foreign countries. And, uh, you know, the regulations are in our state, the law or in our country basically say that you have to uh, register as a foreign agent. That doesn't mean that they are secret agents or anything like that. It just means that they are representing a foreign country uh, to the United States. What the Washington Post has uncovered is that, obviously, some cases, um, you know, uh, these these cases, when they were reviewed by the State Department or others, probably shouldn't have been approved uh, because of the closeness they had uh, to, you know, as you as you noted, Kevin. I mean, to really classified or very very confidential types of programs in the United States. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a broader issue, though, is, is that, you know, America expects its, its retired senior officers uh, to still represent America. And when they're told that, wait a minute, this, this general or this admiral is actually representing another country, one that may have interest completely diametrically opposed to all of us in America, that we get concerned, and, I, and that's where you're seeing some of this. And you know, I, and I do think that uh, there we have to be much more careful than what we have been uh, in in doing this. Um, you know, let me just talk for another second. You know, this is not new. I mean, uh, General MacArthur actually uh, was seconded to the Philippine uh, Army before World War II uh, to help build it, and it was part of the interests of the national of, of the United States to do that. There are reasons why we would like some senior leaders to get out with other countries and help them build better uh, militaries or better navies. But sometimes you can go overboard. Sometimes they look a little bit different than that, what I just described, and I think we need to pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Talk a little bit, you know, and to me, what's interesting to me is having had work on Capitol Hill, worked as an aide to a senator and, you know, worked quite a while up there is what we noted was the problem of the revolving door. Members of Congress staying for certain periods of time, they get beat or they just decide they want and then they quit serving in Congress and end up uh, working with uh, co- other companies, uh, essentially as lobbyists. They have tightened the rules the last 20 years. But, you know, all the times and rules seem to uh, indicate, generals, that uh, we just got to be more clever in, in, in uh, bending them. And that seems uh, the, the entrepreneurial response, I guess. And to me, a lot of this sounds very analogous to uh, exactly what we've been concerned about Congress, members of Congress having a revolving war attitude um, being happening with these high-level military officials. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, I think uh, what you see there is exactly the same type of thing. In other words, you have senior folks in Congress, including actual principals, congressmen, women, senators, uh, going into uh, the consulting business and then essentially lobbying back to their former peers on the Hill, uh, lobbying for money on the behalf of, uh, say, companies and stuff like that. I mean, you know, there is a valid need in some cases, I think, for, you know, uh, retired uh, congressmen, women, and senators, as well as senior officials from the Defense Department, as well as other departments 
working with companies, whether it's in the defense sector, it could be in other industries uh, where their expertise is known. There's nothing like having somebody, let's just take an example from the military, there's nothing like having a former customer, a user of, say, a piece of equipment, be able to advise you on how to make it better. And I think that there's a valid area for that. And I I think there's many people that are involved in that kind of work. Uh, It becomes a little more gray if they're hired to lobby for more money against their, with their peers, whether it's uh, senior officials within the defense department or whether it's a former congressional person lobbying for more money for a specific program for a firm and they're lobbying their peers. And, there are rules about that. The, you know, the cooling off periods that are usually one or two years. Um, but in many cases, I think, you know, all of America ought to take a hard look at that and say, is that what we really want to have happen? Um, again, there is valid reasons why some of these things occur. I mean, there's nothing like uh, building something that's totally useless for your army because no one knew how to use it or what, what the, the real you know, necessary means of how it would be used. Um, you know, so you need some of that expertise for sure. Uh, so I'm not saying against that. What I'm, I am saying though is that we ought to pay a close attention to lobbying. There's no doubt about it. Lobbying's a little different than uh, helping a company build something better. But uh, real quickly, Dan, about the evolution of restrictions. Uh, there's been many, many restrictions. Usually, each of them small. They sound more important than they actually are when it comes to members of Congress. Um, have you seen an evolution in the restrictions when it comes to people in the military who are going on to, to uh, represent uh, other countries or industries? Yes. Uh, yeah, over the last uh, uh, several administrations, they have uh, basically doubled the amount of time for cooling off for very senior officials. Um, you know, in the, in the military, that is at the three-star level and higher, where they've doubled them along the, the, the period of time from one year to two years. Uh, again, for most Americans, when you take a look at that, they go, well, that's not a very long period of time. Uh, in many cases, though, what it does is it totally restricts that ability of that retiring person to actually seek a full-time position or even a lobbying position or any kind of you know, consultancy position um, uh, for a period of two years. And during that two, two, two years, your, you know, your, your level of expertise and skill actually erodes so, I mean, that I, I would say from the American viewpoint or from the American citizen's viewpoint, potentially is a positive thing. There have been other attempts, but they have not been supported throughout the Congress uh, to actually extend that, you know, to a period of longer. And, uh, and I'm not sure that's a great idea either. But uh, what, what I would just say is, is that there has been congressional, uh, they're paying attention. Congress is paying attention. There's no doubt about it. I think that there's going to be some changes but I'm not sure that they're going to apply to themselves. In other words, it's always hard to uh, judge yourself, right? And, uh, you know, I think anything that they apply to senior military or officials or, or senior members of any of the other departments, they ought to apply equally to retiring congressmen, women, and uh, senators. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they, there's, that's really where most of the scrutiny is. And I wonder if that makes them – Day, members of Congress are a little more reserved in being more aggressive in their regula- regulations regarding this for the military because of exactly what you said. They don't want the additional scrutiny. Yeah, well, I mean, the truth is, is that, you know, I think, and, and Kevin, you know this well from your background, but I mean, the way our Congress works is, is that uh, 
any election to be to win an election these days you can't just be competent and experienced you actually have to have some monetary backing by political action groups and folks like that and so that's where the scrutiny of a revolving door comes in is is that it sometimes looks like the very industry that uh, uh, this congressman a woman maybe had been overseeing as part of a subcommittee all of a sudden they're getting out and getting you know they may have received some money and it may look like a backhanded deal. You know, they, they got elected by, you know, maybe the pharmaceutical industry helping to support their political action committee. And then they get out and support the political, the, the pharmacy com- uh, community, right? Uh, and that's where it looks nefarious. Lots of times, though, our system is built that way. You know, running for senator or congressman, a woman these days is an extraordinarily expensive event. Most of those folks serve because they want to serve their, their fellow citizens. Some actually want to make you know, do more than that. I mean, you know, they, they either for egotistical reasons or whatever, they, they seek, uh, you know, high office, they're less interested in serving their citizens. But, and eventually they want to monetize it. And, uh, yeah. and that's where, you know, we, we just got to pay attention as, as citizens, you know, to make sure that, uh, I mean, especially if you're in the business of, of business, uh, of making sure one, all your dealings are, are totally, you know, above board. Uh, and then, two, make sure that, uh, you know, our elected officials are paying attention. You know, this is something Americans ought to be concerned about. We hate to see waste of money, but we also don't want to see crime in, the, in our, uh, at, you know, Capitol Hill. Well, I was going to ask for your final thoughts, but I think you did a phenomenal job with those. Um, Get <laughs> website one more time, General Jeffrey Schlozer. Always love having you on. Final, I mean, not final thoughts, your website one more time. Yeah, jeffschlosser.com, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-L-O-E-S-S-E-R.com. And, Kevin, thanks for having me on the show. I always love talking to you, and and thanks for allowing me to plug my book. Absolutely. I am Kevin Price, and this is The Price of Business. 